Ahoy, mateys. This is Adrienne Barbeau, your nightlight, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Billy. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that only runs when being chased that's for sure my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're hiding and seeking as we put on our best game face and talk 2019's ready or not and if you're ready to seek out our podcast online, all you need to do is simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your hidey hole. And uh, if you're out on the social media wandering around there and you need to find a home base, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And as we always say, if you're not on Facebook... You can't follow along with the shenanigans. And we... We got shenanigans coming, man. We got this weekend, Sunday, in two days, we're doing the Harryhausen triple feature. Well, as this episode is going to be released Friday um, on August 24th, uh, we recently, actually, let's talk, before we talk about the upcoming. What's coming up? Let's talk about what we did. What, what we just did, because the last couple yes. of episodes, we've been kind of plugging uh, this screening, but we had a chance to see Sleepaway Camp uh, at the uh, Screenland Armor, and mm-hmm. We always talk the communal experience, uh, seeing a movie in a theater with, you know, a like-minded crowd and a movie like that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's great to see it with yeah. the crowd because, you know, there's going to be people who've never seen it before. And I would say about half the audience probably was seen no, it. No, maybe the, about a quarter. Was it about a quarter? Yeah, because okay, a lot of people were there with some diehards. Okay. And so, like, yeah, there maybe about a quarter of the audience. But still, I mean, it, the, the thing was almost sold out. So that was at least, like... 10 people and that was and that's the the thing just seeing it with a crowd everyone reacting to certain mm-hmm. things and when you're seeing it with a crowd you know everyone might react a little bit differently with you with each screening because we uh famously go back to our nerds and nostalgia live episode uh, yeah where much like in sleepaway camp the crazy stuff happens at the end it, it, it gets it gets wild at the end and it's not a bit we were just no. as shocked as everyone else <laughs> But um, it was really funny uh, hearing and watching, and especially the peripheral watching mm-hmm. that was going on. People react to the film. There were a couple things. Number one that just stood out to me is Ricky is like just the swear machine. Especially the, he's wonderful when he gets to the point when they uh, the the boys up on the roof hit uh, Angela with the water balloons. He runs, and when he hits his mark, man, it's like he turns open this like barrel of swearing, and it's just nonstop. Somewhere Samuel Jackson was having an out-of-body experience because he's over there, you cock-sucking motherfucking dick. It just goes on a tirade. I cuss a lot, and that was the thing of beauty to me. That was, like, magical. So, And then in his cowboy hat and... Take that ridiculous thing, thing off. off. There's... So much to love. And you know what? I think Sleepaway Camp, I don't know if it's because we get to host it. We've hosted it a few times, but it's one of those ones that just gets better and better and better every time you see it. Well, I, and again, what was good was we had a great audience yeah. as well. They were we, we mentioned it before, like, we like to hear reactions, not conversations. Right. And I went to see what people, like, okay, because we were hosting it, so I was like, okay, I'm going to sneak down. And, like, when the big reveal at the end happened, I heard, what the fuck? 
fuck and i heard people as people gasp and they put their hands over their mouths it was it was awesome so it was I, great i had the peripheral viewing going and there was uh, two gentlemen kind of on my side in front of me that i couldn't help but see because one of them just kept with the mouth his hand over his mouth just the oh right and then the other one his facial reactions from just like there was the absurd the hilarity the what and right I could track their entire like emotions throughout the film. And when that moment hit, I there were two points on in the movie I didn't watch the screen. I just watched them. And I hope that doesn't sound creepy, but just to watch their reactions, and it was the the curling iron scene. Ooh. Oh, that brought hands that, to the eyes. Yeah, that brought that made a lot of people. Ooh. And of course the ending. And it was a just a joy to watch them react, but also to hear everyone else react because I think for the most part, everyone had a really good time. Yeah. Especially with the, the cop and the fake mustache. Oh, that's that brought the house down. That was a thing of beauty. So <laughs> thank you to everyone that came out for that. Thank you to Screenland Armor for letting us do that. And if it sounds like it was a good time, well then maybe you should come and check us out here for our next few dates. We've got coming up. Come have a good time with us. Indeed. Uh, in fact, on August 25th at the Alamo draft house, uh, we are going to be trying to, I believe, ice skate uphill, as uh-huh. the saying goes. Frosties come. Which I have never heard that phrase before or after. Oh, no, I say it all the time because of that, because of the blade, man. Some motherfuckers always trying to ski uphill. Oh, yeah. So. Stephen Norrington's Blade, starring mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes, uh, 930 as part of the Fist City screenings, <laughs> which is going to be a blast. And, you know, I haven't seen that film on the big screen since 98. Right. I can't wait for that intro on the big screen. Yeah, I can't either. It is going to be a blast. But save your energy because then the very next day on uh, August 26th, we're lucky enough as part of, uh, I guess, technically Nerds of Nostalgia, Mm -hmm. as it is on the poster, uh, we are going to be hosting a Ray Harryhausen mystery triple feature. It's going to be sweet it's gonna be so sweet i can't i can't wait for one movie in particular we've got three films coming up again much like kind of nerds and nostalgia with a monday mystery movie night they are a mystery Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't know what you're seeing but one of them is going to be a 35 millimeter projection old school i believe we have a 4k restoration of a classic Mm -hmm. you've got three just one and listen it doesn't matter what films we're going to see because you're going to see some of the most incredible artistry and yeah. craft on the big screen. Absolutely. Some of the most influential special effects oh my God. of all time. His imprint is still, you can still. To this day. Yes. In fact, I'll, I won't lie. There are certain 80s films. I prefer the stop motion, the Phil Tippett's, mm-hmm. when what they brought from Harryhausen. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare 3. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Which is going to be playing at the Horror Club Drive-In on October, on October 5th. 5th. Oh. Part of the double feature with American Werewolf in London. That's a, that, that was an interesting segue. It's very <laughs> very subtle. I like that. <laughs> well, actually, uh, also uh, then on uh, August 27th at the uh, Alamo Draft Out as part of Terror Tuesday, which if you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you know I look forward to Tuesdays like nobody's business. Uh, but it's going to be coming up a another 20-year anniversary film and one I've seen. I don't think I've seen on the big. I don't think I've watched it all the way through since I saw it on the big screen. Resident Evil. I dig Resident Evil. I dig the first two, three movies. I think they're grand. The the other ones, okay, the, but I'll still watch them because it's a Resident Evil movie and it's Alice. The first one is the first one is the best one because it has one of my favorite lines in the entire franchise. And when Mike Epp runs over Mike Epp runs over that zombie, and he goes GTA motherfucker, and he just like runs over people. It's great. It's great. Glitter, just fantastic. I I know it has its defenders, its believers. 
if you if you haven't come out to Terry Tuesday yet, and this is the time to maybe check it out. Yeah, I think you'll have a good time. Uh, but then that Saturday, um, as part of the Middle of the Map Festival at Screenland Armor, uh, August thirty first, we're going to be hosting the Kansas City premiere of Chelsea Stardust's Satanic, Satanic Panic. Panic. Oh, that's going to be great. Hell, Satan. We should get. Um, you know what? We should bring a guest. We should bring a Hispanic mechanic <laughs> to the Satanic Panic. That's a mouthful, sir. Yeah. Welcome to the Hispanic Mechanic to Satanic Panic. And he's down. And he's down. No, I cannot (laughs) wait to see it. I have heard a lot of fun, good things about it. It's definitely an 80s throwback. Um, It's been hitting the festival circuit, so I'm glad it's part of that. And then there's a number of... It's about Satan. And it is about Satan, which we'll get to that eventually. Um, But no, ultimately, there are so many good films that are going to be premiering through there. So check Mm -hmm. that out as part of Screenland Armor. And you can follow us on uh, Facebook, and we'll have links to all of those events to make it nice and easy for you. Well, speaking of nice and easy, how long has it been, Genius McGee, since you've played Hide and Seek? Ooh. um, Legally, it's been... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't want to go down in that rungeon. <laughs> right? No, it's it's been a while. Right? It's been a while since I played a How proper about game. any kind of a board game? Oh, I play those all the time. Yeah. In fact, uh, technically, I think the last one I played was The Thing Outpost. Yeah, that's a blast. Which, if you have not, or if you, I should say, if you have the chance to play that, take your time. It, it takes some time to get yeah, into, but... It's about a good three-hour game, but it's worth it. It is a blast to play. Well, the reason we're talking about that is, of course, the film we just... Uh, or we kind of experienced, if mm-hmm. you will, uh, Ready or Not, built around kind of the whole idea of hide-and-seek. And this is the rare film that I had zero to no awareness of before I saw the trailer yeah. in front of a movie, and I was like, well, what is this? What is this Margot Robbie... Yeah, film that I had no idea was our fave Samara Weaving yeah. until late, way late in the game. Yeah, because it's same here. I didn't hear anything about it or see anything really, and then the trailer pops. I'm like, that looks great. That looks cool and fun. And then like, yeah, is that Martin? I'm like, no, that's Samara Weaving. And you're like, oh, I love Samara Weaving. Go back to our Mayhem episode where we just seeing her praises because. One of the things I remember talking about, and because of course revisiting Mayhem not too long ago as well, is just how magnetic she is, yeah. and how everything she does, from her delivery to the mannerisms, just nonverbal stuff, she's got it charisma. Just kills. Yeah. yeah, and you know, but you know, the, it can. It's easy to switch her and Margot Robbie up because, to me, Samara Weaving is like Margot Robbie's cool little genre sister. You know, like you have Margaret Robbie and she's like in Academy Award winning films and she's like a list and stuff. And then you have like her little sister who's like, you want to go see some monster movies or exactly. something, you know, and she's like all cool wearing her chucks and shit. So like, yeah, that's so I could see that she's going to be going into the Joe Bob Briggs catalog versus the Criterion catalog. Right. And I think we're all the better for it. I agree. I agree. Well, Samara Weaving does play Grace. Uh, the whole premise is Grace is about to marry into a wealthy family and the family built their fortune on board games and you basically get the wedding night. It's all in the trailer. They ha- she has to play a game with them to really be accepted into the family mm-hmm. and shenanigans ensue. Right. And before we're going to treat this, we're going to give our non spoiler review first. Right. And then we're going to go into spoiler. Land. Yes, because we're going to this episode does release basically the same week. We normally put these a week out so we can go straight into spoilers. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to just, again, we're going to give our general thoughts, and then we'll give you plenty of warning. Right. We'll let you know. And then we'll, yeah, we'll spoil it, though. So, ultimately, Genius, what did you think? I dug the shit out of this, (laughs) but 
I would have liked it more if I didn't have one big major beef. And that is? I think they gave away too much in the trailer. 100% agreed. You know, I think I would have liked this. Let's just say, like, if I was going to give it a scale out of 1 to 10, I would give it right now a 6.5. I would have gave it a 7.5 or more if I didn't see all the beats that were coming along. The trailer gave so much away that they have to kill him. They they have to kill her because if it's a sacrifice. They even say in the trailer, you're just a sacrifice. A ritual sacrifice. And I'm like, man, if you would have just left all that out, just say Mm -hmm. it's hide and seek and they're trying to kill him. That's it. It would have made the surprises at the end that much more impactful and more fun. Now, that being said, I still thoroughly enjoyed this movie. This movie was so much fun. Knowing where we were going, the journey itself, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I I really wish they could have. And I don't know maybe if that's the only way they could have marketed it to bring people out. Because otherwise, you know, initially I was like, oh, this looks like a nice, subtle horror film. Right. Because there's little bits in the trailer. Because it does come off as something more maybe action thriller-esque. Mm-hmm. But to me, there was kind of a little sinister side that really revealed itself when she fell into the bodies. And yeah. I immediately went to a la... The loved ones, um, anything along those lines. It's like, oh, I bet you this has. And then you get to see the blood. Right. But it's all in the trailer. It is all in the trailer. It is. And so it's like, it it just kind of like, I'm not saying, I'm not mad at the movie. I'm mad at the trailer. Like, you took away a good, like. And that has nothing to do with the filmmakers. No, no. Because it's the marketing people that put that together. And that's why I can't fault the movie for it. But at the same time, my experience would have been so much more enhanced if it was more like of an upgrade type thing because i went in going with no 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 knowledge of any of it true went in with this the the satanic would have like oh oh wow okay so they really need to do you know the surprise at the end all this other stuff that happened i would have enjoyed it a lot more because the best some of the best jokes were in the trailer like Mm -hmm. there she is um some of the best you know some of the best kills are in the trailer and there's a red band trailer that yeah you get some of the highlights in there as well yeah which begs the question horror horror comedy horror comedy yeah horror comedy it's more comedy than horror but the horror when the horror hits it's it's pretty good there's some good gruesome stuff there's a lot of stuff like and let's just start right off the bat with samara weaving as grace she is amazing she (laughs) captivates the screen and i think Aside from Samuel L. Jackson, no one cusses better than Samara Weaving. Anything she delivers, she just adds some life to it mm-hmm. from just like fucking fuck. rich people. Right? Just everything. Or fuck. Just an exasperated fuck or like, well, you want to bo- you want to go to Bone Town? You know, just like anything she delivers, no matter how filthy it is, it's just done with such like playful glee it's well, wonderful it's it's the mannerisms it's she speaks so much without speaking her facial expressions and it's part of it is her bright blue eyes you know this that wonderful smile yeah it's there's there's something magnetic about her but like i said it's not even to me it's not even a creepy she's hot kind of way there's no just something there's about more her. to her than it's just i mean of course like we said she's beautiful oh, she, yeah. she's she's a stone cold fox but like it's more than that. You're mm-hmm. just drawn to her because she's so funny and she's she, so like expressive and she's just, she has presence. Yeah, she has. She's charisma. got it. She's, she's got moxie. You know. <laughs> well, she's at this point. She's got a really solid genre resume. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Like I said, Margot Robbie genre cool sister. We well, we start off with Mayhem, which again we enjoyed the shit out of, and then now 
We, she followed that up with a film that I like her in it. Like! <laughs> but I just don't dig the film The Babysitter. See, I really dug The Babysitter. I thoroughly enjoyed The Babysitter. Are and you... I enjoyed the episodes when she was in Ash vs. Evil Dead. So, like, she, everything I've seen her, she's been in genre. I've never seen her in, like, Hallmark Fair. Right. I don't think she would fare well in Hallmark Fair. I think being able to cuss and get copious amounts of blood on her is her wheelhouse. Yeah. And, and she knows it, you know? And I think she relishes that shit. And it's good to see kind of, I'm hoping this gets a wider release, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping more people are being exposed. Because online, I've seen a lot of people go made the mistake I thought with the Margot Robbie. So I'm hoping maybe people go in expecting that. Yeah. They see her and, they're, and they yeah. have that same reaction. Seek her out. Like, and she's then, yeah, marvelous. Yeah. Reverse engineer into all the good stuff, which also brings us back then to hopefully, you know, more people go into the Joe Lynch world, which, mm-hmm. hey, why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's fun in the Joe Lynch world. It's always a blast in the Joe Lynch world. Well, um, other people in the cast and from the, the tra- okay, and again, listen, the trailer gives too much away, but the minute I saw this one character, man, I was laughing and I laughed out loud. I think yeah. the first, I still laughed even throughout the film. Because it gives it away, but she continuously does it through the entire movie. Nikki Guadini. Playing, it was Aunt Helene. Aunt Helene, just that mean mugging old oh, broad, just man. like, just <laughs> not happy about the the person no. that's trying to come into the family just here. The disdain, oh. and she carries it through the entire oh. movie. It's wonderful. She. We'll get into some of the overall themes of the film, but I thought she was a standout for me. Yeah, as definitely. Mu- as much as I love Samara Weaving, and as this is Samara Weaving's film, mm-hmm. you know, start to to finish, but the little bits that she brought in as the aunt, I loved. Yeah. Um, even uh, Adam Brody showing up, which I, I don't know, is that for the younger kids out there, you know? They, for the, they love for the some, tweens out there. They, they love, they them love some the AB. Brodies. Uh, but then also, if you go... <laughs> that's what the kids say, right? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Andy McDowell. Right. Another like old school favorite. Classic. Yeah. Classic, which, granted, you know, Groundhog Day, that's a genre comedy. But, I mean, Andy McDowell has some clout. She's got some, she's like Academy Award nominee, Andy McDowell, I think. This is like the Glenn Close showing up in right? your films. But she's also not, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. And that's not what I like. That's all. what I always liked about Andy McDowell. But, like... Her showing up and just bringing some of that Andy McDowell charm, you know, just being wonderful. Well, and the whole idea is that because this is a gaming family, the idea is when you marry into the family, you have to come in and at midnight, you get this chance box thing that like their grant their their, their founder created. Yeah. And whatever card comes out, you play. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, you know, you basically and you know, if if anyone's ever had to go and meet, you know, their the the family of Oof. their yeah that scary business as it is so that taps into that especially when they're affluent oh yes when extremely affluent oh and there's i mean and we'll get into that as well there's some definite um some some i would say Classism. class absolutely yeah. going on in here but technically this is an old play on an old trope that we see throughout genre but the whole, uh, the most dangerous game trope. Yeah, exactly. Humans hunting. Yes. Another humans. human. Yeah. As part of something, something nefarious. Which gets me. Where I'm going to go on a little tangentville right now. Which gets me. We have this precedent of tropes of humans hunting humans. Yet we're pulling movies about humans hunting mm-hmm. humans. Yet we have the movie of human hunting's human that we just saw the other night. Right. Which played wonderfully. Right. We talked about that because we immediately afterwards said, well, I, you know, it's a human. 
I think ultimately because of the weapons used, and again, this isn't a spoiler because it's right in the again trailer. in the trailer, yeah. All the old-timey weapons. Yeah. I think because of that, it doesn't play as harsh or as violent as, as the, people's getting shot with a right. machine gun versus Which, and if an you axe. Saw, and if you saw the Red Band version of the Hunt trailer, I mean, it's violent. It looks Extremely super violent. violent. Yeah. But it's a film. But it's, it's nothing, and it's nothing we haven't seen a million times. Million before. times over. I know, I know. Again, it's a weird time we live in. A very scary precedent can be set. But ultimately, then we have Ready or Not versus The Hunt. So we're still staying the same trope, yeah. but put through a different filter. And actually, this filter I thought was kind of unique. It was super funny. I too. really, it, and that's the other thing. I laughed a lot in mm-hmm. this film. I, smi- I, I, I smiled the was entire yeah. movie. I just had a big cheesy grin and like, this is funny. Like, ooh, that's good. You know, that's a good kill. Yep. And so this is more again funny. I think this is more fun. This is not scary. It's no, there's, no. There's it's, no tension. There's some tension and dread, but little bit. It's there more are comedic kills and gore. It's more the the horror, the the humor catharsis versus mm-hmm. the horror catharsis, yeah. if you will. But no, I mean you can call it a horror comedy, but more on the comedy side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost. I've even seen people say it plays more like your next, which. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, and I didn't, we'll get into no. for spoiler versions. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But I was also I, I had to disagree all. as well. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we we're at least on the same wavelength with that. Um, um, talked about the trailer there. Um, other thoughts before we go into spoilers on this there, Genius? I really I, I thoroughly uh, had a good time with this. I with no expectations. You do need go see this on the big screen with right. a crowd. This is a good, fun movie with a crowd. Preferably don't see the trailer. But if you... <laughs> <laughs> going as blind as possible but and this is coming from people that love trailers right and so like and that, like i said that's my only main 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 beef with this movie was too much trailer i don't know i, don't, I think they they should have put a little bit more faith in, in an audience in the, in the audience and in the in their in the movie yeah as opposed to giving away all the like that it's an actual satanic cult thing yeah so well and even that i thought maybe well, we'll go, we'll go ahead and from here on out, here there be spoilers. Yar, be warned. And we will start spoiling, ready or not, in three, two, and one. I don't think it is a spoiler per se because they mentioned there is something of a ritual or a sacrifice, but we de- it, you never know. It could have been Pima. Pima. Pime? That's true. Pyman. Pime. Pyman. Oh, I'm trying to think from, from fucking fuck that dude. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sacrifice a turd to that fucking demon from Hereditary. Fuck. <laughs> god damn i was like uh it took me a while but then i'm like man no yeah no All, it could have been a shaitan yeah you know we could sateen. have sateen it could have been a sacrifice to uh but as it turns out and again this is why it's kind of funny that we've got uh the satanic panic coming in is it is an old-fashioned hail satan mm-hmm. and what i like with this is it does get into the the class issues and I've seen a lot of reviews talking about it's, you know, a skewering of the 1% of the haves and the have-nots. And how do the haves, how do they get it? Yeah. And how do they keep it? And in this case, it is a pact with the devil. Which I thought that it was good because I liked the way that they introduced it and they brought it up and it was throughout, but it wasn't overt about it. No, and they, and they cast a lot of ambiguity on it as well because there's a whole thing in this film about basically tradition. Mm-hmm. And when is it appropriate to stay with tradition? And when is it not? Like even Aunt Helene goes, oh, you can pick and choose whatever traditions you want to do, but yet we got to do this. This right. is bullshit. She, she was funny even in her anger. If, 
And she's right. Yeah, like how far would you go to stay with traditions to make and one to protect your family traditions? Mm -hmm. You know, like will you um, forego everything and just go away and dire the consequences, or will you kind of like askew things? And they brought up a good point. It's like he didn't know about the security cameras back in there. I think he would say we'd be you would be you do okay to use them. So. It's there's again that plays on so many different levels. Uh, one of the things I really did enjoy with that whole thing is the idea that a lot of the members of the family, so especially the ones that kind of married in and that got like instead of hide and seek, because only the hide and seek card is the one that has the super nefarious end. Right. Apparently, like checkers, one of them got and it was fine. Like they literally played checkers. So this is the only thing that could bring it. And which begs the question. If, uh, you know, Grace's husband, uh, the, the guy that married her, he knew all this could happen, mm -hmm. which they do address. But then it also turns out that if he doesn't go there and they get married, something bad would happen to him yeah. regardless. Right. For they said um, other people have tried to yeah. elope. Other people have done everything and they would die. Yes. Out of, out of nowhere. So, so this he curse knows is real. Of, yes. The connection and the curse. But some of the family doesn't believe in the curse and some no. of the family doesn't. So then again, that's another like, what is tradition? What is worth saving in tradition? What is not? You know? Yeah. And is there any weight to tradition? Is mm -hmm. it just something that we've just have never had the cuts to say, you know what? That's kind of outdated. Let's right. move on to something else. Mm -hmm. Which is, I think, especially a lot in the, the one percentism. But again, the stuff that's been like, you know, generational that's passed down through a family and do they really deserve it? You know what? It's it's again, you see later on, it is passed down to the family because the oh, kids are evil. There were that actually that entire scene when the the, the mother is singing and the, the kids are singing, and they're all happy because they're about to like, you know, go through with the sacrifice. Uh -huh. That was kind of bone chilling. Yeah, that really stuck with me, because as you mentioned, when you see hate passed down or where you're like, man, where does that come from? Usually it's well, because like, why did you shoot her in the hand? Because everybody else was, and then she goes, "Oh, I'm so, so proud, proud of you." And then Ugh. the brother was like, "This is awful," and I'm glad we saw that, you know, because one, you see that shit, oh, it the awful traditions, because some of this stuff that's going on today in the real world has to be passed down. Well, and that's we've talked about it before, but you know, society usually creates and informs art. And I think ultimately we are starting to see some of that in our horror films, mm -hmm. whether Jordan Peele, whether I mean, literally, I know the hunt got pulled. But ultimately, if you look at it, that is rich people again. Right. Hunting these deplorables. Right. So you are starting to see quite literally a lot of the current cultural climate in our films, but they're put through a different kind of filter. And in this, you don't necessarily have to see it that way. You can just see this as a good old fashioned hide and see killing people. Yes. Which a, a crazy family. They, it, you know what? They could be the rich Sawyers. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of difference, except they don't eat the people they kill. Well, Satan prefers, you know, a whole meal versus, you know, in a doggy bag, if you will. Right. I don't take leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a whole call to the Satan, the satanic panic. Um, our first episode, Starry Eyes, yeah. was a Satan film. So mm -hmm. it's always there. And it he makes a great villain. But ultimately, the best villain is just the hubris of man and what the jealousy and the means that we will go to maintain this status and this wealth. One of the characters even mentioned, she's like, I'd rather be dead than be without. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my goodness. And then how everybody is disposable, especially the maids. Oh, oh my. Okay, let's get into it. So let's get into the kills of this film. Um, 
unfortunately, in the Red Band trailer, one of the great kills with that maid is when she takes the crossbow bolt. Right in the, right in the mouth. Open oh, mouth. Open mouth. And then a la almost like an Austin Powers thing. And there's some really good sound design in this yes, film. Yes, there is. But there is this... Kind of like Motel Hellion. Oh, ooh. And it just keeps going on and, and on and on. it's interrupting like this... This and speech! It's, so, and you're just like, and I think we were maybe the only ones to laugh in the theater at that, which I was like, oops. I don't care. Yeah, I, I thought know. it was funny because he's like, the problem is, the problem is we need to, right? And then finally, and Helene comes like, I'll take care of it. And just like grabs this old antiquity, like halberd, you know, and just like chops off this woman's head and she's just rolling around with it. It, it, it was funny and it was extremely mean. This movie was mean as shit. But again, with its tongue firmly in its yeah. cheek. But it's funny because uh, some of the characters are approaching it a little bit more serious and some of them kind of are camping it up a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, the brother, I think it's either the brother or the brother-in-law that gets the crossbow. And again, it's a gag that's given away in the in goddamn the trailer, trailer. How to use your crossbow. Which is a great gag. I would have liked to have seen that fresh. Mm-hmm. Those are the little things I think they could have kept out. Right. Because that is a funny thing. Because in today's day and age, that's exactly what someone's going to. When my Look pilot at- light goes out, I'm going on to, to YouTube. I'm going to I'm gonna find a way to solve it. And he was always the one like, is packed with the devil the- bullshit yeah. or not? Right? And so he's trying to figure out, like, what if we don't kill this person or... Whatever. What what really will happen? And that's what's funny. Again, there's so much ambiguity that's laid on there. Like I said, is this something that is legit or right. is it just, is it a placebo? Yeah. Um, the dad was great because he, when he went off the rails, he would go off the rails. This is why I think this film would play as a great double bill with society. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of the overall themes. Right. Through different filters. The thrill of the hunt and the taste of the shunt. There we go right there. <laughs> But they both play the same kind of like patriarch in this film. Uh-huh. And again, an us versus them type thing. One percent. But it ultimately, it's there's something to be said about in the fact that Grace comes from uh, she was an orphaned. Mm-hmm. And that's played on a lot. And even like they joke about like, oh, you're just trying to marry for the money, blah, blah, blah. Right. And there's and they I mean, they do look down upon her. Um, it's just one of those things that plays so. De- and I'm curious how this will play. 20 years from now yeah hopefully it does well in the theater but i can definitely see this becoming more of a cult classic because i don't know do people want to see maybe people will want to see this kind of thing now hopefully maybe they're I, this is the catharsis they need i think they should i think it's fun um another thing i liked grace transformation as she went through oh, the movie man. as as she went through the movie and her she kept ripping off more pieces i'm not saying she was ripping off more pieces of the wedding <laughs> no i'm saying because she was getting more like ready to level mm-hmm. she was leveling up she had to rip off to like take care of the wounds and stuff and oh. she's covered in gore and viscera and old goats and just everything would thou likes to game deliciously uh, right would thou like to gag deliciously because that goat that goat pit was gross it was gnarly and that actually comes from the fact that listen we do not condone violence against anyone especially children right but in cinema, sometimes sometimes you gotta fuck a kid up because like especially especially evil kids right that shot you in your hand yeah I don't con- yeah if a kid's got a gun on me and I ain't doing nothing that kid's getting clocked I'm just saying and she knocked the shit out of that kid I wanted her to throw the kid into the goat pile but but I only say that because it did elicit a laughter from you <laughs> a loud and appropriate laughter. <laughs> But that was one of the next to the wince-inducing scenes when she has that bullet hole 
And then you see her She's fall down into this gnarly again straight pit. from the loved ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and she's doing her best to crawl out, and you can tell something's something's gonna happen. And then you see the one nail sticking out, and you realize she already has a hole in her arm. And she looks at it and you're like, "Don't do it." You you can you mentally telepathically you're like, "Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it." And sure enough, she fucking does it. And I heard everybody oh, yeah. go, "Ooh!" Because again, the sound design, the gr- the graphicness, nah. it was great. And everybody's just like, "Ah." She Samara Weaving go gets put through some shit. She, I can only imagine because she starts and it's kind of amazing. Again, just like from start to finish, it is her film. She starts with this, you know, just fantastic, just beautiful immaculate. wedding, crisp, clean wedding dress, something borrowed, something blue, <laughs> and by the end, it's pink and it's half of what it used it's to be. It's pure red. She's got yeah. her chucks on. She's smoking a cigarette. While Rome burns. It's <laughs> sincerely. It is an incredible scene, and it's something like you said. It is. She's literally transformed mm-hmm. from just you know not naive, but just that what I mean. What becomes of Grace at this point? What did uh, Leslie? Vernon say when you're they're rebirthed oh. the opposite of phallic <laughs> so maybe oh maybe they were they've been scouting her out the entire there time we go. it there was we, the they, perfect they, sacrifice <laughs> and Helene's doing the cardio to like get in there oh and you know I what would. did you notice again our hypothesis about dumb waiters is correct yeah there. nothing nothing good comes from dumb waiters if you if you I guess if you have the awareness, you just don't put one in your house. Right. If you buy a house that has a dumb waiter, you will die tr- by it eventually. Tr- get it out. Get it out of there. <laughs> it's a, you or one of your loved ones has been hurt by a dumb waiter, you know? Because somebody's gonna get it's, it ripped in half. <laughs> yeah, nothing good comes from it. It might look classy, but it'll kill you. Right. It'll kill you. Um let's see here. I'm trying to the other thing here. Tradition, the way it was always done. Oh yeah, and the technology versus the weaponry. That whole scene when she actually looks at herself in the mirror and she goes, Jesus. Cause it's like, you know, you start with your wedding day and here we are. Yeah. And you are she's I mean, she's got straight up the the you know the the the, the bandolier. Bandolier, thank uh-huh. you. Knew it started with, with a B. And she fucked that butler up. And that butler was giving her shit the entire movie. Just his whole little bit. And speaking of music, there is a little jaunty tune. Yes. That kicks off this whole tradition that uh, thankfully someone put online here because. Who wants to play a game? It's time for hide and seek. Run, run, run. Time to run and hide. Run, run, run. And now I'm going to find you scurry off into the darkness. Hurry, I'm behind you. Don't you speak. Hide and seek. That would be good for like a slasher film. Like if if there was a slasher going on a spree. Run, run, run. That's the Tiny Tim movie, too. Exactly. That's the only thing I could think of was just Tiny Tim in the middle. Run, run, run. It's time to hide and seek now. Run, run. And as he's going around as a clown killing people, ooh, I would pay to see that movie. You, I, could, you could you could easily make it work, you know. I'm sure there are other uh, families out there that have made their fortune in some nefarious pact with someone. But it's crazy because it comes into play numerous times, and it's such a good jaunty murder song. You know, <laughs> but that's the other thing. When I listened to me, I was like, oh, I really hope they release this somehow because that's going to be. And it was stuck in my head the entire time. But it was one of those things. Also, when I hear it, I kind of want to walk like a. Doom. Doom. 
exactly like i want to do spooky shenanigans there's that scene in ace ventura when he does the yes i've known to do that before a couple of times that kind of music just lends itself to that material cartoon shenanigans it is it is uh another one of the kills that i want to highlight here is the beating of andy mcdowell oh god the bludgeon with the lament configuration Jesus Christ, she got lit up like a Christmas tree. She was like getting stuck, 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 stuck. And when they pulled the thing back and there was those chunks of hair, that was a good touch. That was a good touch. And that's the thing that I noticed that if you don't notice it, it's no big deal. But oh, if you're a gore hound, it's subtle. Mm -hmm. But it's like that's so gnarly, so gnarly. Uh, Since we're in spoiler land, my favorite kills, kills, plural, is the big end pop? Yep. That when was, we find that was out great. that, that was... indeed there was a pact with Satan, and he did come to collect. Uh huh. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. And actually, that pr- I'm pretty sure it was kind of a combo of digital and practical. Oh, yeah. But I didn't know what was to expect because You're that still... that's the one good thing that they didn't give away in the trailer was the super twist ending that we're about to give away now. Oh yeah, of course. Right? So she survives till dawn. Okay, and they're like, if we don't survive to dawn, something bad will happen to the family. And one of the biggest laughs came from when they pull open the curtain to let the sun in, and, and some everybody of them does like vampires, vampires, like ah, and like <laughs> I like cracked up so hard at that because. <laughs> They pull that. up, it's done, we lost, and they open up the curtain, and he's like, ah, and because they, they're all wearing their cloaks, so they're all doing the cape thing and like trying to hide. It's so funny. That killed. That so was so funny. good. It was so good. because I, then, I think only horror, like horror aficionados yeah. would really, I mean, it's still a funny gag, but I think it's a lot funnier if you. Because I think it's something that if we were in that film and that's in our, we'd probably do ourselves. Yeah, yeah, just. <laughs> I've done it before, and not in the oh. film. Like if I go outside on a hot day, ah, it burns. <laughs> well, there's even a bit that I thought was going to be a gag when they're they're in the midst of doing the ritual finally, and he raises the the dagger for the final thing, <laughs> and he pauses. Now I thought he'd missed like forgot the Latin or something or this or that, and that's when we get the little bit of bleh, a little bit of the poison. He's right about to scream "Hail Satan!" He's like "Hail!" Th-. <laughs> and I was like, "Did he forget?" Like our Lord and Mentor, what's his name? Beelzebub, Scratch. Um, <laughs> yeah, old, old Nick. I, I I didn't know if like maybe somehow like something was gonna come out from through him. Through him. Ah. That's what I was thinking or something because you don't know because you just know Samara Weaving's in dire straits. How is she going to get her finagle her way out of this? Right. But she finally finagles her way out of it. And, and that's the other thing with her character is she's a badass in this yeah, film, which is. I think if that's the connection you're going to make with your next, with like the, the characterization of the, the survivor girl, if you will, yeah. if we're going to borrow a term from. The only connection to your next I can see with this is the family versus the girl mm-hmm. at the when everything's said and done. You know, that's the only other connection because I don't consider your next a comedy, no. you know? <laughs> No, but it does have there's some levity. In it. There's yeah. levity in it, but not but this one overall. Is, this one, this one yeah. is a comedy comedy. Yeah. So I, I can't see the you know, I, I I see more with the babysitter in common with this movie because that the horror comedy and Samara S- Weaving. Thing. See, and I don't know. I don't. I'm, I even I watched the babysitter again. I right. gave it a chance because I saw that it was it's getting a sequel, 
And I was like, oh, I love me some Samara. And I don't know if it's just the tone of it, or I think I'm, I hate to admit it, I'm getting old, man. Get off my lawn. I'm getting old where that kind of stuff where it's, if it's too tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. it just, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And I know that I don't. And this again, one wasn't too tongue in cheek. No, this, this was one like, was fun. Yeah. It didn't one, know it was in a horror movie. And that's just, I'm curious to see how many people go into this film, not necessarily blind because it is all in the, in the trailer, but not to necessarily know of the horror elements that they're going to get. At the very end, when every when he comes well, a yeah, calling and... When we find out that, oh yeah. Sunlight doesn't hurt him, but, but uh, internal combustion will, yes. and they just explode. They literally just like, and graphically, and just chunks of meat. And then those two kids get it too. That was great. <laughs> well, and that was the that was a good little that was the practical gore when it was like a good old cannon explosion off screen. Yeah, Mwah. good good gore because you just see everybody explode one at a time, plop plop, and then the woman takes away her with her kids, and then you hear plop plop plop, and like two little explosions. Uh, and the mom, the mom, hey, I'm here to kill people. Let's do cocaine. And she was so, and every time she would leave, she would like look for somebody's pills and like just take it. She was all drugged up. It was hilarious. They, I mean, they really nailed the, the facets of the toxic family um, stereotypes, if mm-hmm. you will, which yeah. I, which plays well. You had the cokehead, you had the money grubber, because that sister in law, shoot, oh, oh, without a soul, yeah. Without a soul. Well, I mean, again, that's how they're portraying everyone for the most part. Again, what will they give up? They'll give up their soul to maintain this wealth. Like they said, they'd rather be dead without it. Which, how many people would do that? Right. And that's the thing. How many people would say without a second, oh my God, thank you, Satan. You know, give what did, um, Bart sells his soul for five dollars. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's you, you never know what it takes. You mm-hmm. know, it could be a little, it could be a lot, but a donut. A do- <laughs> it always comes back to Simpsons on that. <laughs> I'm glad this is one that I like. I said I'm glad I saw in the theater because mm-hmm. I'm hoping it does well. Yeah, um, it's nice to see something that's not based on a pre-existing franchise play in a theater. Yeah. Not necessarily an original, you know, trope, but a nice new filter well, to play the trope through. Technically, it is based on a board game, so ah. I mean, you know, <laughs> and that's what I like the, the mirth that comes from this. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really. I, I liked how in the in the movie they based their games on the deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. So basically, the Parker brothers are evil because even their their main big hit was Le Grand Gambit, like. Deal with the devil. There you go. Oh, does this mean the Butler Brothers in the RoboCop universe? They're you know going to be going to hell as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, that's frightening to think. I don't about. know how the Parker Brothers sleep at night. <laughs> very well, my friend. Very well. <laughs> On a pile of money. That's yeah. Just yeah, all of that. On Boardwalk but, Avenue. Shit, do not pass go, my friend. <laughs> Well, ultimately, this is one. Definitely seek this out. We were lucky enough to see it up at Screenland Armor. It is also playing at the Alamo Draft House. So either or, check it out, see it out there. But ultimately, I also want to go ahead and mention a uh, do a Rotten Reynolds recommendation if we're going to go ahead and stay local here. Uh, Rotten Reynolds, you've heard us talk about them all the time. Uh, you can check them out at RottenReynolds.com. But Genius, what are Rotten Reynolds? They are these awesome little treasure troves of wonderfulness. They're these old VHS clamshells, the kind that you got back in the day. But inside, instead of the tape, you get these cool things that are stickers and figurines and stuff. And they have this all this cool old school artwork on there for all these horror ones. They're amazing. They got horror. They got some genre. They got all sorts of good stuff. Like RottenReynolds.com. They're really, really fucking cool. And, uh, you know, again, the Cy Sperling here. We're not only, you know, enjoying them, but we're clients as well. Yeah, because they, they don't sponsor us or anything. We just nope. dig the shit out of them. No, I've always enjoyed them. And... 
the one we're going to re- mention here is uh, the one I picked up at the uh, Slash and Bash uh, Film Festival, and it's appropriate because on October 18th, we're going to be doing our fifth Nerdoween yes. Horror Movie Marathon, where we have three mystery horror films all built around a theme. Mm-hmm. Shall we go ahead? We're getting close. We might as well. We can give the theme, can't we? Yeah, we can give the theme. I boy. think we've even mentioned I it before. I think we have I? before, too. So, yeah. <laughs> but the theme is? Killer Nouns. And with Killer Nouns, uh, the Rotten Reynolds we're going to be looking at here comes from the Killer Kid Killer Noun area. And it's a little film that I saw at Terror Tuesday for the first time. And we were talking Alice, Sweet Alice. That movie is crazy. That was one of my very first like horror club events. Really? It was Alice, Sweet Alice. Oh. That was from my, it came from public domain. Yes. It was The Driller Killer and Alice, Sweet Alice was my first two. And this movie is just so what the fuck it's got it's got a weird scary masked kid is is it brooke shields and that's it's it's got kind of that iconic imagery it is the yellow slicker Mm -hmm. with that what would you call that kind of mask it's just one of those clear masks one of those like clear human face masks it's unnerving yeah it is and then they got this weird diddler in the movie it's bizarre. That man in that movie, he, and again, seeing it on the big screen for the first time, he plays even larger on the big screen. And the insults coming from the little girl in this film, tell me this wouldn't play well as a... The visitor? Yes. You know, me, me no bitch. Just like... Which, if you're not listening to the uh, Kill by Kill podcast, uh, they're doing this. Uh, they just did a bonus episode on The Visitor. Check them out. They're a great uh, podcast out there. If you're not listening to them, you really should. No, this was one. It was wonderful. Um, but it was ultimately when I saw it, I was like, I really need to pick this up because in the killer kid genre, this one is what I I had never seen it, but it was one I could say I've seen that. Mm. So finally getting to see it on the big screen and now adding it to my collection, which was what I wanted to do in the first place. Because, you know, if you're going to display something, you might as well. And again, even the, the, the cover art itself, this is something that, uh, let's see here. If you survive this night, nothing will scare you again. I mean, this is just classic good stuff. And there's all this Catholicism. Oh, yeah. It's in oh, the, yeah. It's, it's Catholic horror. This, this is this a movie. true 70s horror film. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it'll make... I really dig the shit out of Alice, Sweet Alice. No, thank you, uh, Adrian and Amber, for putting that one on. And thank you, the gang at Rotten Reynolds, for doing that. So check them out at RottenReynolds.com. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure, again, staying local here. Support over at Screenland Armor, Screenland Tapcade, the Alamo Draft House, uh, Kansas City Horror Club, of course. Yeah. Enjoying all the local. Uh, go see this movie. Yep. Go see Ready or Not. I, I dug it. I think you'll dig it, too. Um, if you don't see it in the theater, definitely check it out when it comes on. Uh, yeah, and we're 45 minutes in, and you haven't even made the lame Ready or Not. Here, Here I, I come. come. You can't hide. I'm gonna find. I was gonna see if we can close out the show with like the Fugees, like not not necessarily the OG Isley Brother right. ones, but the Fuji one is the one that I think oh, of. That's funny. Well, I was waiting the entire time, and I was like, no, he oh, because we fine. only said the thing once at the very beginning, and then finally we haven't said ready or not yet. We were more. It was more like now it's time for hide and seek. You know. Oh, that's kind of perfect. Well, definitely, yeah, seek it out if you can, and until. Until that next time, uh, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Close your eyes and count to 100, dude.